0: One more announcement uh, that I was reminded of. There is a March for Life tomorrow down in the cities in St. Paul. Uh, If uh, you're available, if you want to make a trip down there and join that march, uh, that's tomorrow. Talk to Bonnie Partica if you need details or information on that. Let's pray before we go into the word. Father, we thank you for this day you've created for us it's your day we set it aside for you to worship you to uh, make this day holy to make it different to let it be different because of you and how we feel about you and our desire to worship you thank you for each person that's here i know that you have something for us today thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to already worship you through song to be blessed through Amanda's song, to give to you uh, as a way of thanking you for providing. Now, Lord, speak to us. Speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were here last Sunday, I'd like you to close your eyes right now. And with your eyes closed, I would like you to speak our church's vision statement speak it kind of quietly but enough volume that you can hear yourself okay right now speak our church's vision statement okay i hope that i hope that was our vision statement and not something you just made up I, I couldn't hear it. Uh, uh, let's say it together. Transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. That is our vision statement as a church. That is what we're headed for. That's what we desire. That's what we, that's what we picture. That's what we see out before us. As a church and as individuals, we want to be moving that direction. We want to see our lives being changed. That's what transformation means. We want to see our lives being changed and being changed toward that desire to become more and more fully devoted followers of Christ. So last week we started this series as we look at our vision statement. And we talked about what it means and then um, reminded ourselves, those of us who are followers of Christ, that transformation has already happened in our lives. We've already been changed in a number of ways. Uh, We were transformed. We were changed in our salvation when we trusted Christ for salvation. Uh, The Apostle Paul says, If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Already, there's some changes that have taken place. Um, Our identity has changed. We are now children of God. We weren't before. We are now saints. We weren't before. Uh, Who we are has changed. Our condition has changed since we trusted Christ for salvation. We're no longer sinners separated from God. We've been reconciled with God Through the work of Jesus on the cross, we've been forgiven. That condition has changed. We have a hope. We have a place that we will spend eternity in because of salvation. We didn't have that before. That's a change. So we've already experienced transformation, change, when we trusted Christ for salvation. And we also know that there will be change. There will be transformation. The Bible says that when Jesus comes back, we will see him as he is and we will be like him. There will be a transformation. It also says when Jesus comes back, he will transform our lowly bodies into bodies that are like his glorious body. So we have this hope that there will be change, there will be transformation when Jesus comes. But in between our salvation and the changes that came when we trust in Christ, and the changes that will take place when we see Christ, we have the period we're living in right now. And as we live here on this earth for Christ, his desire is that we be changed, that we are involved in a process of being transformed. If you take your Bible and turn to Second Corinthians 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it talks about this process that is going on right now of being transformed as the people of God. 2 Corinthians three, eighteen, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness. That's what we're experiencing now as Christians, being transformed, this process of being transformed into the likeness of Christ. The day will come when we see Jesus, that transformation will be complete. We'll see him as he is, and we will be like him. But right now, we are in this process of being transformed, being changed more and more into the likeness of Christ. Um, you can just call it growth, spiritual growth. That's what it is, being changed into the likeness of Christ. We're not talking about perfection. Um, when, When we say our vision statement, when we see it written somewhere, when we look up and see it outside the door of our church, transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ, we're not indicating that we're perfect. We're indicating that that is our vision. That is what we want to be moving toward. Um, It's kind of like what that great theologian, Vince Lombardi, said. (laughs) He said, perfection is not attainable, but if we chase perfection, we can catch excellence. What do you think of that? I mean, that's not Bible, that's Lombardy. But it's an interesting thought. We're never going to attain perfection on this earth. But we can chase perfection, which for us is Christ-likeness. We can chase it and maybe along the way catch excellence. To be able to grow more and more toward Christ likeness that one day will be complete and so that's what we're talking about and and the big question that comes to our mind when we we think of our vision is how are we going to know if we're if we're moving toward that how how, how are we going to know if we are being changed and if we are becoming more and more like Jesus and becoming more fully devoted followers of Christ what do, we, what do we gauge that with? What, what, is, what is the evidence that we look for to be able to say, yes, I'm being transformed. Yes, I'm growing. Yes, I'm being changed. I'm more like Jesus. What do we look at? W- where do we find the evidence? And that's what we're going to do for the next uh, Sundays in this series. And here's what I'm going to suggest to you it's about relationships. It's about relationships. That's where you examine how you're doing. That's what you look at to determine if you're growing in Christ likeness. That's what you look at to determine if you are being transformed and changed in an ongoing way. Christ likeness and being a more fully devoted follower of Christ, you look at relationships. And we're going to look at five key relationships these next weeks that we can look at to answer those questions Am I being transformed? Am I changing? Am I growing? We're going to look at two today because they are so connected. The first is our relationship with God Himself. If you want to know, if you're being transformed, if you want to know how you're doing in that process of changing and growing to be more like Jesus, examine your relationship with God himself. And secondly, look at your relationship with God's word. You may have noticed already we've had some songs about God's word. It is so important, and it is directly connected to God. Our relationship with God is directly connected to our relationship with his word, what he communicates to us. So we're going to look at them together as places we can look to examine how we're doing in this ongoing growth and transformation. So let's talk about our relationship with God. You notice uh, on the right side of your study sheet there's a triangle Uh, I stole this from Jerry Bridges. He said it's okay. Um, But it kind of illustrates our relationship with God and how you become devoted to God and how you become more and more devoted to God. There's three things that lead to devotion to God. One is a fear of God. One is a love of God. And the third is a desire for God. <clears throat> Let's talk about a fear of God. We could talk for a long time, but just a few comments on this. The fear of God. If you uh, check out chapter 7 of Second Corinthians, where you're hopefully still uh, open to, chapter 7, verse 1, says, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us Purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Perfecting holiness is simply moving forward and becoming more and more holy in your living. Okay? And we are to do it out of reverence for God. Your translation that you have before you might say out of the fear of God. It's the word for fear. Fear reverence, respect. That's the fear of God. I take him seriously. That's the fear of God. Here's another way of looking at the fear of God. The fear of God is recognizing the gap. What do I mean by that? There is a gap between God and And me. It's a huge gap. We're talking about the creator. The one who created me. We're talking about the sovereign one. We're talking about the all-powerful one, God. We're talking about the eternal God. We're talking about a holy God. We're talking about majesty. We're talking about glory. We're talking about the unchanging one. We could go on and on with all these things that are true of God that are not true of me. There is a broad gap. And the fear of God is recognizing that gap. and reverencing, and respecting, and taking seriously that God. There's a tendency to get too flippant in our relationship with God because we forget about the gap. We forget who he is and who we are, and we lose the fear of God. And the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of God will lead you to worship. The fear of God, recognizing that gap, will lead you to honor. The fear of God will lead you to service, to obeying, to pleasing. Because you recognize the gap. You recognize who God is. And you respect and reverence him for that difference. That's the fear of God. There's also the love of God that leads us to devotion. The love of God. And it's interesting that you can love the God you fear. its not that interesting? It, it's a healthy tension. Okay? Because there is a tension there. There's this fear of God. Because you recognize the gap. You realize who he is. But then you realize he bridged the gap. And he loves you. And he wants a relationship with you. And that motivates love. It's the first commandment, right? The greatest. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. It's the greatest command. So we are to love God. The God we fear. And reverence. And respect. And we need to be living with that tension. It's a healthy tension. It's not just love God. It's not just fear God. It's love God and fear God. And if you study scripture, you'll find that both lead to obedience. Both lead to worship. Both lead to serving. Both lead to devotion. The fear of God, the love for God. It's interesting in uh, John chapter 14, Jesus is talking about love for him. John 14. In verse 21, he says this. Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and reveal myself. To him. Love for God leads to obedience, which leads to intimacy in the relationship with him. He loves us. We love him. We love him. He loves us. He reveals himself to us. We love him. We obey him. He loves us. There's this intimacy in the relationship. The love for God. Third, a desire for God. This also leads to devotion. Paul knew what this was like, and he describes it in Philippians chapter 3, this desire for God. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 8. What is more, I consider myself... And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. You see these phrases that Paul is using here in his relationship with the Lord? He says, Everything is lost compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus. Knowing Jesus, that's where it's at. He says, I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. Verse 10, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know the fellowship of his suffering. He's desiring the Lord. He wants a deeper relationship. He wants that intimate relationship. He has this desire for the lord. And that kind of desire leads to devotion. So here's the idea. Fear of God, love of God, and desire for God impact our devotion to God. And what is our vision as a church? Transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. One way you can tell how you're doing, one way you can look for evidence as to whether or not your life is being changed and you're growing toward becoming a more devoted follower of the Lord is to look at your relationship with him. Are you growing in your fear of the Lord and all of that means? Do you fear the Lord more today, reverence him, respect him, take him seriously, acknowledge that gap than you did a year ago? Is there growth in the fear of the Lord? What about your love for him? How's that going? Is there growth? Is there change? Since last year at this time, do you see your love for the Lord, your love for Jesus, having grown, transformed, changed? What about your desire for the Lord? Is your desire to know him better, to go deeper in your relationship with him, Is that stronger? Has that grown? If your fear of the Lord, your love for the Lord, your desire for him is growing, then your devotion is growing. That will lead you to devotion to God, being all in with him. Yourself, given over to him, committed. You can look at your relationship with God for evidence of whether or not you are moving toward being a more fully devoted follower. But there's another relationship you can look at, and I can look at, to examine whether or not we're growing, being transformed, changed. And that's our relationship with God's Word. And they are so connected, it totally makes no sense To say, I am really tight with God. I love Him. I fear Him. I desire a deeper relationship. I'm growing in my relationship with God. And yet, the Word of God is nowhere to be seen in your life. Does that make sense? Our relationship with God is so directly tied to our relationship with His Word. Ladies, let me ask you this. When you were dating your husband, raise your hand if your husband ever wrote you notes, letters, poems, songs. Raise your hand. Okay? Those of you who raised your hand, how many of you read those notes Letters, poems, more than once? How many read them at least a dozen times? How many saved them? Why? Relationship. Relationship. Because of your relationship with that man. Everything he wrote, everything he communicated, everything he said in those letters was important to you. Right? It was important. Our relationship with God's Word is connected to the kind of relationship we have with him. These are his words to us. These are God's notes to us. These are God's letters to us. These are God's poems and songs to us. This is God communicating to us. Take a look at uh, Psalm 119. Psalm 119 102 The psalmist says this, I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. What was his view of God's word? He knew, he believed that God's word was God himself speaking to him. And because of his relationship with God, what God said was important. Psalm 119 is all about the Word of God. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. Uh, Anthony started our year out a couple weeks ago, taking us through just a few of the things that the psalmist said and believed. About the Word of God. How's your relationship with the Word of God? Can I challenge you? You need to settle that. You need to settle your view of the Word of God. The Bible says it's His Word, it's inspired by God. The Bible says it's not from man. God's Spirit moved men to write God's words. It's his word. It's truth. Have you settled that? Have you settled that in your mind and in your beliefs? I think the psalmist in Psalm 119 gives evidence that he had settled it. And we need to be Psalm 119 people. Let me read some of the things the psalmist says about the word of God in Psalm 119. And let's say you, you never knew this guy. And of course you never did. But you never knew him. This is the first you're hearing from him. And listen to what he says about the word of God. He says, I will obey your word. My soul is consumed with longing for your word. Your word is my delight. I hold fast to your word. I trust in your word. I have put my hope in your word. I will speak of your word. I do not turn from your word. I have turned my steps to your word. All your commands are trustworthy. I consider all your words right. Your word is fully trustworthy. Oh, how I love your word. I will never forget your word. Your word is a light for my path. Your words are the joy of my heart. I stand in awe of your word. If you were meeting this guy for the first time and he said those things, what would you come to believe about this guy? he has quite a relationship with the Word of God, doesn't he? This guy is devoted to the Word of God. This guy has certainly settled his view of the Word of God. This guy is devoted. I, uh, I spent six years, all of my... High school days, 7th through 12th grade, every Sunday, under the teaching of a man named Earl. Earl was a veteran of World War II. He was a farmer, and he was an industrial arts teacher in a local high school. And he was the teacher of our high school Sunday school class the entire six years I was in high school. And so every Sunday... For six years, I would gather with other teenagers in the kitchen of our church. And we would pack out the kitchen. There were students sitting on the counters, sitting on the tables, sitting on benches. And there was Earl, dressed in his suit, leaning against the counter had his Bible open in his hands and he would teach us and he would talk with us about the Bible as different pages fell out and landed on the floor. Well-used Bible. And one of the things that I got in those six years from being under Earl's teaching is I got a love for the Word of God. How? How? Because every week for six years, I was in the presence of a man who had a love relationship with the Word of God. He could have written Psalm 119. He had clearly settled his view of Scripture. He clearly was a Psalm 119 person. He loved the Word. And he loved the Lord. Because they go together, right? Your relationship with God and your relationship with His Word. Take a look at uh, 2 Timothy. I'm going to show you two scriptures that I think of when I think of Earl 2 Timothy. Chapter 3, and it's the verses that come before the verses that tell us Scripture is God's word from him. 2 Timothy 3.14, Paul says to Timothy, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. I learned the word of God from Earl, six years straight. I learned what it's like to be a man and love God from Earl. I learned what it's like to be a man and love God's word. I learned devotion from Earl. I learned what it's like to have a relationship with God and his word. And so when I look at this, I think of him. Because I remember those from whom I learned those things. And then another one that reminds me of of Earl is in Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, verse 7. You see, Earl is with the Lord right now. But verse 7 of Hebrews 13 says this, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We take verse 8. And pluck it out of the context. And it's still true, right? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But do you see the context? He's saying, remember those who led you. Remember those who taught you the word of God. Think about their way of life, what you saw in their life. And imitate their faith. In Earl's case, imitate his love for God. And his love for God's word. Because Jesus is the same Jesus that Earl loved today. Jesus hasn't changed. He's the same one whose word Earl loved and was devoted to. He hasn't changed. So imitate the faith, the way of life of those who loved God and taught you and loved God's word and taught you. No one person on this earth, except maybe my wife, yeah, my wife, has impacted me as much as Earl. And what a blessing to sit in that kitchen with him for six years straight every week and to find out what a relationship with God is like. What it's like to be devoted to God because you fear him, you love him, you desire him. And to learn and see what it's like to have a relationship with God's word where you love it, you're devoted to it, you trust it, you obey it, you're in awe of it. We all need earls in our life. So, how are we doing? Those are two key relationships in our life that we can look to, we can examine to see how we're doing in this process of being transformed and changed and becoming more and more fully devoted followers of the Lord. We can look at our relationship with God. How's that going? What evidence do I see in my relationship with God that I am growing and changing and becoming a more devoted follower? we can look at our relationship with God's word and we can ask ourselves, how am I doing in my relationship with God's word? Am I seeing evidence in that relationship that I'm growing, changing, being transformed into a more fully devoted follower? So, What changes, what signs of growth are you seeing in your relationship with God? Honestly, ask that question. You see any evidence? Is there anything in your relationship with God that shows you that you are being transformed, changed, growing, that you are a more devoted follower today than you were last year at this time? What is it about your relationship with God? What about your relationship with God's word? What changes, signs of growth are you seeing in your relationship with God's word? Is it any different than a year ago? Your relationship with God's word. Your view of it. Your attitudes toward it. Are there signs of growth in your relationship with God's word? A warning as you do this, as you examine, watch out. Watch out for the deceiver. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul talks about the deceiver, the enemy, And in 2 Corinthians 11, he says this in verse 3. He says, I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Watch out. There's a deceiver out there. And he wants to lead your mind astray from your devotion to Christ. And he'll do it in your relationship with Christ. And he'll do it in your relationship with the Word. He'll play around with your mind. He'll distract you to lead you astray from that relationship with God and that relationship with His Word growing. Watch out. And finally, again, do you have any earls in your life? Are there people in your life who are examples for you and motivations for you because of their love for God's word, their love for God himself? Do you have anybody in your life That can be an example of the fear of the Lord and how to grow in the fear of the Lord. Love for the Lord and how to grow in love for the Lord. Desire for God, to go deeper, to know him better, to be more like him. People who are devoted. Do you have people like that? Do you have earls? You need them. Do you have people in your life where there's no doubt? They are Psalm 119 folks. They love the word. They are committed to the word. They trust the word. They obey the word. They want to know the word of God. Do you have people like that in your life? You need them because they're going to help you grow in your relationship with God and your relationship with his word. And when you grow in those relationships, you are moving toward being a more fully devoted follower of Christ. Look at your relationship with God. Look at your relationship with his word. It's going to give you indication of whether or not you are being transformed into a more fully devoted follower. Of Christ let's pray father we know that it's it's your will for us you state it clearly that we as your people who have trusted you for salvation are to be becoming more and more like Jesus we are to be growing to become more fully devoted to Jesus. And Father, as we look at our relationship with you, our relationship with your word, show us how we're doing. Father, thank you for the earls in our lives. And if we don't have any, bring them into our lives. And Father, help us to be on our guard as the deceiver tries to lead our minds astray in our relationship with you, in our relationship with your word. Father, we want to be people who have transformed lives, who are becoming more fully devoted followers of Christ. Father, may we see and be encouraged that that's happening. In Christ's name we pray, amen.